Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix episode 223. I'm your host, Juro Sen. That's Ben Kimber. Juro, how are you, buddy? And this is Mark Eller. G'day, Mark. How are you, boys? <laughs> it's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Last time I had you on was a while ago. Very popular show. And we talked about Curtly Beal. He's not here anymore. But, uh, gentlemen, the rugby championship is over. The All Blacks scraped in by about 15 points. <laughs> uh, destroyed the, uh, all, the South African team in Durban. And the Wallabies uh, got a win that was a bit ugly against Argentina. Uh, Benny, before we go to Mark, your summation of the uh, issue, the strike issue of the week. The strike issue of the week, I think we're going to tailor it to our guest today, mate. I want to talk about the 10-12 combo in the Wallabies and what's doing there. So the strike issue of the week is Mark Eller, basically. <laughs> All right, so, so Mark, uh, Ben's going to ham you over midfield. You, you've been on this for a fair while. What's your main gripe? My main gripe is, as I've said before, I think a couple of shows back, in at 10 and 12, we've got two ball players, but they've both got their flaws. And carrying two guys in those two roles who have flaws, be it kicking or defence, puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the team. I don't think either guy has really stood up to own that number 10 jersey. Foley went well last year, then he struggled a little bit. Cooper's come in. I know Mark's had something to say about the way that Cooper um, isn't straightening the play enough, and I'd love to hear if that's changed over the last few games for him. But essentially, I, I can't see carrying two ball-playing guys there if we are going to have too many other issues around the park. Well, what's your response about where we are with midfield in Australia? I think the, the midfield has improved a little bit. Obviously, when they they first came together, it was sort of like an odd combination. And I think, Ben, you said it, they, they had their, their deficiencies. So uh, they weren't strong. Um, you know, uh, Foley was sort of hot and cold, um, you know, poor kicking. Uh, Cooper sort of, uh, you know, liked to attack, stood too deep, ran across the field, but then hidden defence. So they weren't strong individually. I mean, they, they, they were capable players, no doubt about it, but uh, collectively it was an odd combination. And, and I still think that's what's happening right now. Um, they're, not, they're not great. In the past, when we've had, say, Ella and, and, and Hawker, you know, Mike was a very strong running running player, very robust, even, uh, you know, Liner and, 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 and Horan to a certain extent. You know, they were different type of players. Uh, but these two guys, you know, uh, Foley and, and uh, Cooper, are very much the same sort of player. And I don't think they complement each other as well as we would have anticipated. No, I, think, I think in the column you wrote a couple of weeks back, and admittedly it was earlier in the championship, you spoke specifically around Cooper's depth where he was standing and you, and, you, and you weren't seeing what you wanted to do there and he's straight running. And I think you said that Checker was pandering to Cooper in that if he's not going to run straight, get him out of there. Well, you could say that it is, is Ralph out. I mean, he's got to make some, some tough decisions. I mean, um, I think Cooper's improved, in fact. I think he's added more to the Australian team than, than probably Foley. Um, again, it's not the perfect combination. Against sides like Argentina and, and, and uh, South Africa, he gets away with it. Um, but the key was you know exactly how he plays, um, and and they will you know throw everything at at uh, at, at Cooper. But uh, to his credit, and I'm not you know what I said earlier was right, and, and I still believe in that. I think he's improved uh, somewhat, um, but the combination with Foley hasn't really done that much. And, and that that ten channel, I mean, uh, one of my bugbears for some time has been the kicking game, right? The tactical kicking game around the park. Not just knowing when to run or when to kick, but if you do decide to kick, putting the right kick in. I feel like we've struggled in that. And I think we saw, in the last few games, we saw South Africa go back to Mornay Stain. It looked like they want to take a step back in terms of tactics yeah. and play it simpler. Um, 
can you see any way that you would construct the back line differently to try and get something different out of that area? Well, there's, you're right. There's a number of options that Checker has in front of him. He's got players that are that can play in two or three positions, or he's, you know, he's only playing, I guess, Genia and, and Cooper in, in their rightful positions. The rest of them are is a mismatch of, of everything. So, in reality, you could you could probably throw uh, Karevi in uh, to number twelve, uh, Haylett. Uh, sorry, uh, Reese Hodge, number number uh, uh, thirteen, uh, Falau on the wing. Um, you know, put uh, Haley Petty back at fullback. I mean, he has got the options there, but he's he's been strong, or he's been faithful to to his players. He's, he hasn't felt that there's a need. Um, it took him a while. He brought obviously the Gitto, the, the guys back from overseas, really didn't make a huge impact. You know, I always said that we've got to probably look at 2019. You know, the next Rugby World Cup in Japan, bring the young guys back into the game, and I guess that's what he's eventually come down to. But he's got to do we go to New Zealand uh, in a couple of weeks into Auckland and think that we're going to win with this side? Probably not. So. And I say that in all respect. Um, I don't think we can beat the Kiwis, so why not mix it up and 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 probably pick a, a backline that's probably a little bit different to what we got now. Well, we saw those two games on the weekend. One where I think the Wallabies were were better, I think, than what we saw the previous week. I think they did a little bit more. But we saw an absolutely astonishing display from the All Blacks in dismembering what I thought was a turgid Springboks team. I thought they were terrible. Um, so the, the form lines are exactly as you suggest coming into Eden Park that the All Blacks are going to give us a touch-up. But if you, do you think that's the time to be blooding young players when you think you might get a touch-up or is it, is it better to do it sooner? Well, if, if Checker believes he can, he can win with this side, then, then good luck to him. And, and, and I agree with you. I'm not going to sit there and argue with him. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a coach's decision. But uh, I still think that uh, you know, it, it probably isn't um, our number one backline, so to speak, and we need to continue experiment, experimenting. I mean, you know, that was uh, you know, the way the All Blacks played uh, at Kings Park the other day was just phenomenal. I just sat there in awe. How he scored nine tries against mm-hmm. a team like South Africa, you know, one of the dominant teams in, in, in world rugby. It just made it look like uh, you know, they were kids. You know, they, they just men against boys. It just there wasn't any. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe what what had happened. Basically. What do you think so, about what do you think about the golf then? So that game was pretty close at half time, but South Africa were never really stretching them, were they? They they did the cardinal sin. They're just going to try and defend and maybe kick out of trouble. But they're kicking to the best back three in the world, yeah. and there's no solution, is there? No, when, there's no solution. Limited I mean, like that. You're right. When when Morneau came back, you know, he did the job against Australia. Um, and we always knew that you know, the Kiwis knew exactly what was going to happen. They were just going to kick, uh, kick you know, out, out themselves out of territory. But you know, they, you're right. The All Blacks control the football, uh, you know, for, for 14, 15 phases, and, and they just had patience and they knew they were going to score because they just were dedicated. They knew exactly the type of rugby everybody was going to play. They controlled the football unbelievably better than any other rugby side in in in, in, in world rugby, and just yeah. Just took their time. Steve Hansen afterwards, and I encourage you if you haven't had a chance to see the press conference, have a listen to him. Fairly humble, sort of in the wake of the victory with Kieran Ree, but he talked about how they'd been developing. Like this is no accident where the Kiwis are, mm. is it? 
No, you know, so, you, got... so what has Australia been doing in the meantime? Well, we've gone backwards, basically. I mean, Why, uh, Mark? Well, you've got to look at Super Rugby. I mean, again, two or three years ago, even when the Waratahs won in 2014, you know, I was saying that our ball skills, and, and camp has the same, and all the old guys are probably saying the same thing. That's why we don't, you know, they, they think we're a bunch of old dickheads and we don't, <laughs> and we don't know what we're talking about, but we... We're saying that we can't catch and pass under pressure. It's just, it's just basic skills of the game. So what do the All Blacks do? Catch and pass. Under pressure. Under pressure. Can catch, I just raise pass, a point support. here? This is the problem I have with Argentina. They are trying to play like the All Blacks and they can't even bend over they, to they, pick up the, the ball. It's and so that's frustrating. Why when you play against... Not, I'm not, again, I don't want to be little Argentina, but you've just got to be patient against yeah. it because they tr over-tried and play their yes. game. They don't have the skills in another five or six years They'll get up there with the yeah. big boys. Yeah. At the moment, because they're playing in a rugby championship against Australia, South Africa and New Zealand, they want to try and play that style of rugby, yeah. but they're just not natural at it. I mean, you know, they, they're probably, because of where they are, they're isolated yeah. to a certain extent, uh, although they're playing more international rugby. And, and they'll get there in the end, but you can't play that type of rugby when you haven't got the basic skills. And, and I'm, Australia, obviously, are a lot better than that, but the Kiwis then are you know, three or four levels above everybody else. Yeah, I, th I think we really saw that on the weekend in the, in the two games, in that Argentina kept trying to play that game, and you'd see it would break down every now and again with a knock-on. You know, they'd get a few fa 10, 12, 13 phases, and they'd be popping the ball left, right and centre, and it looks great for a time, and then they'd fall over. Whereas the All Blacks, in all those tries they scored, some of them were amazing, you know, creative tries, mm. and others were just relentless. 20 phases of ball left, right, back, centre, someone's going to hit it, smash, smash, smash. And someone was always there. And you there. cannot survive that yeah. if they can keep that up. And that's exactly what we saw. Because they can catch the ball that's halfway down to their knee. Yeah, where the pumas can't. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I actually didn't think Australia were under that much danger in that match because I could see, here we go again, Argentina are trying to be the All Blacks, are commendable, but they just haven't got the polish, the finish that the All Blacks have. The finish is always there with New Zealand. And it's just, as Ben said, bang, 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 relentless, and it's quick. Yeah. It's really quick. And then we saw we saw Cabelli come on and go to nine. Landar, who stayed on the field and moved a bit further out. But Cabelli all of a sudden started a few little chip kicks over the top, little box kicks into the corner, and actually turned the Wallabies around a bit more. If that is mixed it up a bit sooner than that, they might have got a different Yeah, result. I would have thought, uh, based on obviously the way Morno staying directed the spring box against the, the Wallabies a week earlier, that they probably would have went back to their traditional game when Hugo was playing, Hugo Porter, and just play basically 10-man rugby. Mm. I mean, you, you're not going to win them by playing, trying to play 50-man rugby because you just, the team hasn't got the skills. So I would have played exactly as South Africa did it against Australia the week earlier, just kicked for touch. You know, Hopefully the defence uh, will hold up and put pressure on the Wallabies. It was just an easy, basic game plan. Mm. But uh, you know, to win, a, win with style against a team with much more skills or you know, it was never going to make sense. I, I think, Mark, you're touching on, on something which, which we've been really talking about lately as well which is that combination of this All Blacks team is clearly an exceptional side, but whether they're going to be get the competition that other great sides of the past may have had, we've almost got a, a set-up now where the Wallabies, Argentina, the Springboks are all having their own issues. And one of my, one of my key questions is, is, for someone with your experience, when I look at those teams, the question of the difference between uh, the tactics for the skill set and the execution of the tactics is often where you see sort of different levels. Like I think the Argy's coach has done a good job sometimes of trying to deconstruct the way his team might play. Mm. But that Springboks performance, while all, all credit to the All Blacks, what a great performance. But the tactics and the execution of their tactics against the All Blacks were just, I thought, horrendous on the weekend. Particularly in that first half, there were, there were two times in particular 
where they, they were clearly kicking down the middle of the park. They weren't kicking for the sidelines. But their chase was horrendous. Yeah. At one point, the, uh, the, um, and we see Smith and Barrett really interchange. One puts the bomb up, the other chases through. That's right. And in that first half, twice, either Smith or Barrett regained the ball. Um, and then when, the, when, the, when, the, when they were kicking down the middle of the field, the Springboks, their chase was so bad. Another time when um, Naholo made a break, it was through a bus-sized gap with a prop and a hooker just looking at each other going, what's going on? And four all back streaming in behind. So is there also a gap here in the way these teams are being um, taught to use or play against their limitations? So if you know um, your, your skills aren't there, how do you play it differently? Well, a good coach will coach to the capacity of the, of, of the player. So if, if South Africa have got limited abilities with the ball, and we're talking about now so, uh, the Argentinians, you don't try and, you know, trying to get them to overplay their game because they will know, they'll get nervous, they're under enormous pressure. They know they can't do it. Mm. So good coaches coach to the skill set of the 15 players on the field. So if Argentina or South Africa have got to go back to 10-man rugby, as, as South Africa did against the, the, the Wallabies, so be it. They're playing to their strengths. They're playing to what they know best. And sure, over time, develop the skills. It doesn't happen overnight. Winning is important, and, and, and I'm one for you know, the way the, uh, the, the All Blacks play the game, win, you know, score nine tries, and it's just an unbelievable rugby fest. That's terrific. But if you can't do it, I will still, or rugby supporters will still support and respect the way they're playing the game. You, you, you played in an era where you did ignite and uh, excite me as a younger fella uh, watching you play the Grand Slam Tour and uh, it's been doing the rounds lately. A lot of people are inspired by that. Obviously the game's changed a lot, but um, the, the, the ball in the hand, the skills, uh, we know the Yellow Brothers obviously um, just walked out of the park and you had to do a lot of work as well, but what was it about when you, you, you trained in those days that could possibly give lessons to the players now that would make them better? Well, we um, obviously we played a lot of touch football. Um, uh, we tried, uh, we practiced catching and passing. I mean, nothing, nothing of this is natural. I mean, we were natural athletes, but you had to work pretty hard. Um, and, and was, so, was Glenn natural? Uh, <laughs> I made him look good. Uh, that's all I can say. But, you know, you've just got to, it's just hard work. I mean, um, you know, the Kiwis, uh, you know, it's taken years to develop that style of football. And, um, you know, in the, when we were playing, you know, it was, it was sort of like, it was, the game was not open. Um, obviously, defensive changes and, you know, we're playing in, in, in the modern era. But the All Blacks have proven that you can still play that type of rugby. See, it, 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 I guess Australian, uh, a lot of the Australian public and players look at guys like us and, and you know, guys after me. Uh, you know, Michael Leonard, you know, I can name a thousand and think, you know, they just laugh, oh, that was great, but it's a different era. Mm -hmm. We can't play like that now. And so the, the game has sort of moved on passes, but in fact, the All Blacks are reflecting to a certain extent, I mean, much better, obviously, of the style of rugby that we played in, in, in the 80s and 90s. But in Australia, we think, you know, it can't be done. Mm -hmm. So why bother? Just on that, um, uh, we, we, we do some user comments a bit later on, but I want to bring one up now because Jeff Kelk on our Facebook page um, was talking about the Australian way. Um, and this is interesting in terms of uh, Eddie Jones came out in the last week or so in an interview on the Sunday Times with Stephen Jones and was saying that uh, 
he was saying he's sick and tired of people trying to play New Zealand's way. Now, you, you mentioned the similarities between the way we played back then when you were in, in the team and the way the All Blacks are now. What do you see as, as the Australian way? And do you think Czech is trying to unlock what you'd consider an Australian way of playing rugby? Uh, he's, he's trying, but what is the Australian way? We, you know, we've gone uh, over generations. You know, rugby involves and styles and, uh, evolved too. So, you know, Czech come from from obviously playing at Ramwick, my old club, and, and wants the Australian way is traditionally, I guess, running football. But uh, so is it the Australian way of the uh, the, the the late seventies, early eighties, and nineties? Because when Eddie Jones was coach. Um, I think Australian rugby went backwards um, and, and we weren't terrific. So what is the Australian way? Do we look at periods of, of, of when Australia was strong and say that's the Australian way? Um, just things change and evolve. Like I said, they, they, they involved. Uh, Czech is trying to play a style of football uh, that's successful and, and can you know, you know, play you know, running rugby. Um, but... Good athletes and good coaches adapt to the given situation and you've got to be flexible in, in your approach. You know, sometimes you might want to play a running game, sometimes you want to kick the living daylights out of it. It depends on the opposition and, and, and the tactics of the opposition. I used to you know, want to try and play a, a fast running game all the time, but after 15 or 20 minutes you've got to make an analysis of the opposition and say, hey, you know, let's hold up here, let's go, we've got to go a different tactic. And, and sure, if we go play 40 minutes of, of, of boring, you know, argy-bargy type of rugby, and then when it opens up, then let's, hey, by all means, let's throw the ball around and try and score a couple of tries. Mark, yeah, I was going to say that on that, I've been a bit of a voice in the wilderness about South Africa. The Lions performed very well at Super Rugby this year. Uh, they have so much talent, and yet they put a performance on the paddock like that the other day. What have they got to do? Have they just got to throw? Have they got to, they've got a young side on the build. Should they just absolutely throw everything out the window, start again, cop a few more losses uh, on their spring tour, and come out firing again next year? So we're talking about the Wallabies or South Africa? No, I'm talking about or South we're Africa. talking about both? Well, I think South teams. Africa's templates across it, but they have. Look, we we talk about the big bodies, the amazing pace and talent, and, and the rugby culture there. I mean, it, it to me more than anything, having South Africa, who is the traditional rival to New Zealand. Without a doubt. The history will show that they've always been New Zealand's number one how, rival. Well, how, how would you try and fix it, super coach Mark Eller? I'm, I'm not <laughs> a super coach, but you've got to, again, you've got to develop a style of play. It's like in everything, in work. You've got to decide what you want to do, how you want to play it, and then get the right people to play the running game. If if uh, Cortes wants to uh, get his guys to play running football, then that's fine. But you've got to run straight. You've got to do the basics right. Run straight. You've got to support each other. Um, you've got to control the football. And sure, it will come. But you just can't expect these guys, even though they're yeah, paid scores of dollars to get out there and be able to do uh, play a running game. So there's a lot to it. I, I know I'm probably not answering the question, but there's so much to being, out, being able to play the way the Kiwis uh, uh, obviously do now. And it's not that easy and you have to have patience. The, um, uh, I want to take you back to that Wallabies back one again and based off, off that, Mark, because there was something else that you'd said previously in one of your columns and it was around um, a guy that I know that know you and your brother have been close to over the years, Kurtley Beal, in the absence of Kurtley. We talked about Smith and Barrett and their capacity to play off each other and off the back and for Smith to come into the line and play that second receiver role yeah. when you might have a crotty who's not quite a 5'8 type. 
Um, are we missing a Kirtley Beal? We certainly are. We're missing an injection of uh, life. I mean, when uh, uh, Foley and Kirtley are together, they're on fire. Uh, Israel Folau relies a lot on Kirtley Beal. Wow. I mean, they run off each other at, at the Waratahs. They, you know, they run the same angles. They, they enjoy playing together. And, and I think Kirtley opened the door for Israel to score, not all of his tries, obviously, but gave him the, in the right time and to inject himself in, into the game. Um, I don't think Foley and, and, and Cooper know that. Uh, know how to do that. Kirtley just had this innate presence on the field that uh, you know he knew it was an attacking mindset all the time, and and, and that had, you know obviously encouraged Falao to actually get behind him and just run off him. So is it should he be fifteen or out wing or centre? Well, probably at the moment I'd probably put him on the wing. Yeah, and has yeah. he been used enough? Well, well he clearly hasn't. not. No, he's not. In fact, I'd probably put him off the bench. I'd probably give him. One game, uh, probably just I'm not as a penalty, you know, to, to say you're playing badly, but it just probably needs to probably, you know, probably take a deep breath. Do you think he's at sea uh, a bit? Well, he's been at sea for all year, yeah. basically. He um, probably just needs to sort of just spend one game on the bench or come off the bench, you know, let the guys do the hard work, build up his confidence again, probably come on with, you know, 20, 25 to go, um, you know, give him, you know, don't restrict him at all. You know, um, it's going to be difficult if he's playing against the the Kiwis, obviously, that because that won't happen. Um, but perhaps you know, on the spring tour, he, he, you know, if he's not playing well, that he, he comes off the bench against a team like Scotland, who are probably not the strongest, and, and you know, get an opportunity, uh, you know, to, to probably just um, you know, play some decent football. I think the Scots will be fired up after the World Cup last year, though, when we go to see them. Uh, <laughs> Having snuck past them. Yeah, they will. But uh, you know, Australia, you know, you know, should should beat them quite comfortably. Yeah. Benny, uh, let's. I think we better move on to because we've got a few of them to our strike viewer comments this yep. week. So let's let's plough through them and get them sure. to Mark. I'm going to shout out to a few of our, our commenters, uh, Mark. We get a lot of good comments on our YouTube channel and on our Facebook channel. Um, we, and we always uh, have a chat with the guys there. A couple of things I want to call out, and then the comment of the week will actually be the question of the week, which was for you. We asked the guys if they had anything they wanted to ask you. Uh, but some, some shout-outs to um, Jack Kinross in Nepal, who's been, who's been checking in a fair bit, Juz Snow on YouTube and Darren Ormsby on Facebook, having a really good chat around... Julian Sevilla, and they look for weaknesses in the All Black side, a lot of Kiwi fans all the time, but they, the Sevilla, his, his inability to switch the ball from arm to arm to get his fend on, they reckon it's a bit of a weakness. Nice to find mm. a weakness in Sevilla for us Wallabies yeah. fans. Yeah. Do you want to test that first hand, Benny? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lance Cross in London did some great analysis leading to the games. Um, a couple of good questions there uh, now from uh, a few of the guys. SMC01 Full, who asked for a shout out to Palmerston North and Manawatu, so. G'day guys. Um, his first question was, uh, looking at the state of Australian rugby now, was John O'Neill good or bad for Australian Ooh. rugby? <laughs> oh, God. Two stints, remember? He was probably, yeah, he's probably, I think he was terrific the first time around. Yeah. I think the second time around, he, you know, he had a couple of gigs going, so to speak, and probably was a little bit distracted and probably didn't put as much effort, i rephrase that, probably didn't put as much as he could have into Australian rugby. Um, Yes, so I'll, I'll stick there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Philip, Pratt, uh, Philip Pratt asked, um, and this is probably a good understanding, you, you know, we talked about the Australian way, but 
Do you think the team is understanding what Checker wants from them? Do you think there's a connection between the way Checker wants to play the game and what the team is putting on the park? Oh, I think check, the way Checker coaches, he's, he's very dominant. Obviously, got a dominant personality and he's very forthright. So I think they know exactly the way he wants to play the game. Now, again, whether they can play that. Again, you could talk to 15 individuals and I play 15 types of rugby. What you've got to do is get those 15 individuals to play the way the Wallaby coach wants them to play. Um, and sometimes that, that may be too hard for them, simple, simple as that. Yeah. All right, and finally, uh, question of the week uh, from John Keenan on our YouTube channel. Um, he wanted to talk about the progress of the 5-8th role. And I think you touched on this a little earlier in our chat today. Um, but uh, it really, like the style of 5-8 player that, and what we've seen, Grant Fox, Michael Liner, Andrew Merton, Stephen Larkham, Johnny Wilkinson, Dan Carter, Bowden Barrett. Um, and he, his question was, um, do you see a progression of skill sets through that number 10 jersey that, that, it's, that it's definitely been a build over those years? What, what sort of differences do you see in the 10 jersey now um, from back in your day? Well, the, the, probably not a lot. I guess, like I said, it's a it's a progression, and I think you know the, the, just the number tens you've you've mentioned are all being champions, and um, you know, champions in the sense that they can control the football. Obviously, uh, they're very astute kickers of the football. They know when to to do to kick or to pass. Um, I don't think there's there's that much. Obviously, Barrett uh, has always been a great footballer and probably played second fiddle to Cruden and and Carter. But uh, you know, now that he's uh, you know the kingpin, you know he's he's playing out of his skin. I've never seen him play with such energy. Um, obviously, playing for the All Blacks and, and and scoring two tries in South Africa certainly helped. But I think that the number tens are, are developing, raising the level all the way along. Now, if you could wind back the clock, put on the 10 jersey for the Wallabies and stand out there, who do you want at 9? Who do you want at 12? And are you standing deep or flat? Where we are you talk, We're talking to Nick Farr-Jones, and we're talking about Michael Hawker <laughs> or Michael... <laughs> and where are you standing? Play this all-black side. Where are you sitting? Uh, well, probably, I mean, it's easy to say, and the game's changed, that, that I think they should be standing a little bit uh, closer. That's intimidating to say that. You know, when there's the, the, the defence is so aggressive and the number of, you know, number sevens are, you know, they can run like lightning. But, you know, you've got to, as a number 10, you've got to get all the defence running at you to open up the game a little bit wider. So you've got to make a sacrifice and I'd uh, stand a little bit closer, probably not as close as I did because the game, as I said, has changed. But you've got to get them running at you, not sort of just uh, running across field, you know, to, to, to you know, to get the, the outside backs because you know that the, the number 10 is not going to do anything with the ball. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Absolutely. Thanks to our comments uh, for the uh, week. Thanks to Strike as well. Mark, one of the great fly halves of all time. Just ask me. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I have gone on record saying that uh, I think Stephen Larkham's up with you. Yeah, that's great. His long longevity. Are you surprised that... Um, do you think Stephen's making a mark on this back line? What do you think's happening there? Well, it, it, obviously, and you, all you've got to do is read the sites, and 95% will say there's not. Um, now, and some have mentioned quite rightly whether he's got the authority, whether Checker's allowing him to make those changes. But I think Checker is working closely with uh, with Steve. Um, yeah, you wouldn't have a player of that ability in there. Not he wouldn't do it. If it no, Stephen wouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, no, and that's right. Yeah. Utilise his service. So, I, and I think um, 
yeah, maybe they haven't had the right combinations. And again, I don't know who has authority in terms of mm. this supposedly selectors, but do you know who the selectors are apart from Michael Checker? The coach does the job, mate. Yeah, the, yeah. The, so the coach has got the team. Um, I, I don't know why it hasn't come through yet. I mean, Stephen was an amazing number 10, an unbelievable Because he player. did it all. He did it all. Uh, apparently Rod Kafer had a lot to, to, to do with it, mm. apparently. But, um, you know, he's just got to... They just got to do the basics. Once you get the basics, then you can do all that fancy stuff. And uh, yeah, you've got to like like the All Blacks have shown. You've got to catch and pass under pressure. Are you uh, seeing it in clubland? We had uh, Brett Papworth in here, and uh, he laments where club rugby or where, how it's been treated. But are you seeing it in the juniors? You had a lot to no, do with the LS7s yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I do. I could see it. there's a lot of talented players coming through, but I don't see it a lot at Super Super Rugby. Right. Which is where my main gripe starts. That's, there's no use saying, you know, watching a, a, a local team and saying they're not doing the things right. Well, they're only, you know, they're not they're not professional players. When when you see professional rugby players struggle to control the football because they lack the skills, that's where I have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's there's one other area I want to talk about, and it's probably really pertinent. Some of the chats that went around, uh, Nick Phipps pushing over the Argent uh, the. Um, uh, oh, the, the physio. Argentina physio on the weekend. <laughs> now, the reason I ask this is because those blokes running across the park giving drinks and that, get them out of there, right? Get them out of there. I'm sick of seeing all these blokes in there. That, that, that physio was in a ruck earlier. I kid you not, after a whistle, he was in a ruck earlier. Uh, Nick Phipps. How'd he go? Nick Phipps, <laughs> I think he got the ball. Nick Phipps shouldn't have uh, pushed the guy over. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at that and you think, well, you know, Richie McCaw uh, probably wouldn't have pushed him over. David Pocock wouldn't have pushed him over. Uh, is it a cultural thing that some of these guys that we aren't seeing that, that what we need in the team? I mean, is that, is that indicative, do you think, of any issues? What did you think of that incident? Uh, I looked at it, obviously, the first time I saw it, I said, oh, God, what has he done? <laughs> but then in respect, and I'm not a great Nick Phipps fan, but I can understand he wanted the football, uh, the, you know, the, the players on the field, you know, the water boy or whatever. He should have left the ball alone. alone. I know he probably went he to collect the ball <laughs> in good faith, um, but he shouldn't have touched the ball, and the, the, the rules are. I mean, you shouldn't have touched the ball. I don't know what the rules Nathan are. Nathan Gray did the same thing when the ball was kicked in the touch. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Brown. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that's what, right. I mean, it wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. He shouldn't have pushed him, but he should have said, "Hey, mate, leave the ball alone." Not that he would have understood him, but uh, to, uh, to some extent, I feel s- sorry for him that he was just involved in that situation because uh, you know, if uh, we were under pressure, we needed to score tries. Yeah. I may have given him a gentle shove myself. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, just two more points on that quickly. Yes. Um, one being, I think it's ridiculous that that was three points. I mean, that could have changed the game, right? Mm. That, that, that was given, a penalty was given for that. They kicked the goal. That could have changed the outcome of the game, that a physio got a tap. I love yeah. that. Well, the physio should have been red-carded as well. But the other, thing, <laughs> the other funny thing was, a few minutes later, 73rd minute, Wallaby's on the attack. Yeah. They get a ruck penalty. Nick Phipps walks up to the ref and starts to talk to the ref, blah, 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 blah. And the camera panned to checker. And uh, Andrew Logan on Twitter, I followed him, uh, he mentioned this and I went back and checked it, it was right. Check it, Mouse, he sends a message down, tell Nick Phipps to shut up and play football. <laughs> so I think, to, to me, I think that's probably the message of that moment, yeah. which is whatever you think of whether he should or shouldn't have pushed him or what the physio was doing, yeah. Nick Phipps, shut up and play football. Yeah. yeah. It's not the rugby gentlemanly thing to do, is it? No. no. What is it about halfbacks that always want to bloody oh, annoy them? You want to talk about Aaron Smith now, do you? Oh. <laughs> That was just on the field. <laughs> Sorry, on the field. Uh, that's not, look, yeah. look, that's a whole other issue. We've got so much to cover, and we've only just scratched the surface. And, mate, I really appreciate your time. Uh, Mark, you're the uh, head of sport for NITV, and if you don't know what that is, that's the National Indigenous Television Network in Australia. And 
I often do a lot of work with you there, mate. And you also have the Ellis Sevens at Coffs Harbour, which has Indigenous players coming around the place. All the bros come around, and there's the Yellow Brothers come around. And and there's a few out. of those. Yes, yes. Uh, and Glenn, and uh, Glenn's uh, probably got a couple of kilos on you at the moment. Um, or has he? Just a couple of dozen. <laughs> so uh, NITV, you enjoying that still? Yeah, it's, it's great. I've been there for about five years, um, head of internal production and sport. And, you know, it's great working with you and Cookie and, uh, and, and everybody else associated with the channel. Yeah, no, it really is good. And look, have you got faith that uh, in two weeks' time, the, the Wallabies will go to Eden Park and not be disgraced? <laughs> I didn't say win, but not be disgraced. No, I think uh, obviously the Wallabies definitely know what's in front of them. I mean, that's a remarkable uh, New Zealand side. They've just got to go there and, and, and do the best they can. All right. We'd love to cover much more with you, but uh, Mark, we better let you go. Ben, thanks for coming in, mate. Thanks, mate. Absolute pleasure to have you, Thanks, Mark. Ben. Pleasure to. All right. And uh, Mark Eller, the great Mark Eller, joining us on Rugger Matrix International 223. We'll see you next week with so much more to go through. Until then, enjoy your rugby.